0: This summer I read an amazing book. I think I bought it in a humble bundle tech books, O'Reilly tech books. It's Learning Vi and Vim, 7th edition, I think. And
1: Did you say Learning Violent Vim?
0: Yes, of course. Learning Vi or V-I and Vim.
1: Oh, makes more sense.
0: But Violent Vim sounds better. <laughs> it's like the anarchist's cookbook, but with editors. And uh, it's like Thunderdome, but nobody leaves ever.
1: Is that a Vim joke?
0: Yeah, of course. I could do that with monads instead, that you can't leave the monad, but I don't know if... Yeah, whatever. So I read this book, and it seems like Vi is inspired by this ancient editor called X, which is a line editor, like Ed, and then they got these terminals where you didn't have to print everything to read it. So... An interactive editor became more feasible and Vi was born. Something like that. It's not the correct history. I'll just hand wave it. But I really started to appreciate Vim even more than, uh, And I think I learned some really good, good key bindings, which I've forgotten since. And now I found another cool book called Said and Ork, second edition or something. Uh, because I fell over a blog post which sang the praise of Ork. Orc is a programming language that it looks a bit like C, C's strange cousin that's very good at text and math, especially compared to the shell. And Orc can be found in almost all platforms. So it's a very good contender to uh, shell or make files if you want to script something seriously. So what editors do you use? Please tell me you use Sed for all your editing needs. I have used Sed for my editing needs once in a Docker image, which didn't have anything else but set. So then I <laughs> changed something and, and stuff started working like I wanted it to. But don't do that.
1: Actually, there is a new editor that I've been meaning to take a look at. It's, cur- it's a closed source. I don't know if it's going to be open, maybe eventually, but it might just be proprietary. Don't particularly mind that. I used Sublime Text for a long time. That was paid and proprietary and it was fantastic but there is a new z on the on the block with a z with a z or the z as it were good point but yeah i wish i was using neovim on a regular basis but what i typically end up doing is using visual studio code one big reason is just everything that i want set up for i don't know if i do i actually want it set up it's not like I do a lot with autocomplete, but when I do have completion in VS Code, that's pretty nice. Whenever I've tried to set it up in Vim or when I have successfully set it up in Vim, it's like I don't actually know the commands for properly using it. So I, I get around Vim very, very nicely in general. I have some stuff that you showed me. I have some stuff some other people have shown me. I have some stuff I stole from some blog posts uh, at some point. So I have a decent NeoVim setup and I use it a decent amount. But I tend to fall back on VS Code just because I think part of it is just that I have a decent way of switching to the terminal without switching away my editor and stuff there. And I have... (laughs) I haven't bothered to to either figure out Tmux or my desktop environment enough that I'm happy with with the setup. It's weird. It's not that I find Visual Studio Code to be amazing, uh, but it's quite, quite acceptable, which makes it uh, much, much easier to deal with than uh, Vim when Vim is not behaving.
0: Indeed. One should not underestimate the power of just good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I've at work. I use Control Z to go out into the terminal from Vim, and then generally push, press the Up key to run the tests. And when I'm happy with that, I type F G Enter, and I'm back in Vim again.
1: Oh, so you just do job control?
0: Yeah, it's very minimalistic and not very sophisticated. At home, where I have a window manager that I'm happier with, I don't know what I why I'm not doing this at work. Hmm, whatever. Uh, I put two terminals beside each other. Uh, They're really upset. S- and uh, I have the editor in one of them, and I have enter mix test or something in the other. So when I save, it runs... The test or some other thing that i'm interested in and i can see the result instantly uh but that's i3 doing some heavy lifting i could do that in on ubuntu's gnome too i just don't i don't know why let me get back to that in a couple of weeks yeah
1: so a while back i was running gnome and then i installed regolith so i'm on pop os um, so I installed Regolith with which gave me i3 and a decent config that I was pretty comfortable with. Played around with that for a while. Uh, got a little bit annoyed with some gnomisms or the incompatibilities with between kind of i3 and Regolith and GNOME. It, it's just something that wasn't right. And I ended up going, ah, let's try KDE. I haven't tried it in a while, and people say nice things about it. So I switched to KDE. I've uh, got a bunch of tiling uh, bindings set up. I think I'm just using the KDE window management and just tiling based on that. I think that's the case I couldn't tell you, but it's essentially it's like I configured it until it was good enough that I was happy that I could navigate a bunch of virtual desktops and have a bunch of splits and then I left it alone and I'm slightly annoyed by a ton of things because nothing is quite right. And I think the KDE is slightly ruined by the GNOME and the Regolith. So it's it's all a mess in here. But essentially, I my desktop environment is just sort of a clock, which has recently been acting up and lying to me. Uh, I think it might have been fixed with the last reboot. But there's like the clock and the activity bar with like notifications and USB devices and sort of other BS. And then, then it's just browsers and text editors essentially zoom windows so it's kind of um I think I could do well enough with just switching between terminals and doing vim I wonder if there are things about navigating code yeah so I really like it when my completion kind of works enough that I can hit go to definition just control click on a function and land on the definition and I'm sure I could do that in Vim. Yeah, you can. But then I would need to set up the uh, integration for like Tree Sitter or Lexer LS or whatever in Vim, and that is a hellscape.
0: We gotta do that.
1: Setting up any kind of kind of advanced <laughs> tooling in Vim is just confusion and anger. <laughs> yeah. Me.
0: So, so if I bring a sword, and you bring, you can pick any weapon you want, preferably a Malay one. But you can bring a gun to sword fight. That's cool with me. And then I come over to your place, and I bring my sword and lots of configuration files and maybe a helmet. We could live stream when we set you up, set you up, set up your Vim config for you to have a uh, uh, live servers, Is maybe the name for it? LS or LS. That's just- yeah, exactly. Have that support. I think I think that could be awesome. And then we can we can fight each other with with uh, weapons when we become too frustrated.
1: Oh, and that does sound like a good break in the in the middle of that eight hour session. Yeah, but the thing is, I've sat down with guides to to work through, it, and I think I even got it working. But the thing is, I got it working, but I still don't really know how to do any of the sort of out to complete the follow references kind of stuff in Vim yeah because that's not how I've used Vim for all the years I've used Vim, so I'm not sure that's actually what I need for it either it's It's tricky because to effectively use Vim, it does help if you adapt it a bit.
0: Adapt it to what
1: well to for example, I've added like uh f c f and rip grep stuff to be able to go to file, for example.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Uh find in files, find in lines, that kind of thing. I think I have as well. But m- maybe I should just skip the the elixir ls part because that's not really what I want from from vim. Like it's what I demand from VS Code because why else would I use it? But it's not really
0: what I need from vim, I don't think. I think we really need to meet up with the swords on vim configs. <laughs> it's yeah it's just it's crystal clear to me. Do you specifically want me to use vim? Is that it? I don't really know. I just got excited to show you how you can use vim in a way that no. will help you <laughs>
1: we should do, totally do that i'm I'm very happy to be helped,
0: oh very good.
1: We we could arrange a Vim meetup in uh, in the Varberry here, and, and you can teach. Oh, do you know what I did? What did you do? I I told a bunch of students at the local uh, campus net students about functional programming. Awesome. I may also have mentioned that it's impossible to explain monads, and people people keep trying. But uh, yeah, so I had a lecture, a guest
0: lecture. Nice.
1: Where I just went through a bunch of functional programming stuff, Like it was very big picture, very kind of overview. What is it? Do people use it for anything? What are languages they use it? Uh, how does it compare to OP? I'm not sure I did a great job, but at least the people I talked to after seemed kind of excited, and they were very happy to talk to someone who does programming for a living, so... It, it was a good experience. I'm not sure I I did anything <laughs> useful in regards to uh, teaching them about functional programming, but now they've at least heard about it, um, yeah, and heard that there are there are alternatives.
0: Oh yes, did you mention link?
1: Yes, yes, I did. Very good. I connected that dot, the .net dots.
0: Yeah, that's that's what .net is all about: connecting the dots to the web, right?
1: pretty sure yeah good yeah so that that was fun yeah um, I actually have another lecture I might give later to them as well or I don't have a lecture I have an idea for a lecture which is just essentially telling them about open source because they don't know what the GPL is and that's upsetting <laughs> indeed but I th- I think if you're getting like trained in the .net way of things especially boot camp style like um, uh, vocational school yeah. In this case, of course you you don't include any of that and like you focus on .net, you give a little bit of history on that and on object oriented programming perhaps, but you really don't spend a lot of time on on the cultural bits of programming, <laughs> which makes sense, but yeah. it's also like oh dear. People would go into go into the workforce thinking that .net is like the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all the boot camps have boot camps have that problem. There's no time for new ones. But on the other hand, if they spit out productive developers, the productive developers can teach themselves the new ones. Maybe not on the internet, it just struck me. Hmm. <laughs> oh well.
1: Yeah, well it, I mean, if you're interested, you're gonna pick up things about this stuff. But yeah, yeah there there's no natural path to to, to becoming a free software seller at this point uh, for them, at least, uh, at least not here and not yet. But I, I might be able to be APath
0: there. Good stuff, yeah. But I figured you could come
1: and have a Vim session with them.
0: Absolutely. I don't really see how it would be useful for them at all, but maybe that's a part of the charm.
1: .NET Core .NET Core is totally cross-platform, open-source, yada yada yada. Nice, but you can you can always use the angle like this is how real programmers, <laughs>
0: <laughs> in contrast to complex programmers or integral programmers or whatever the name. No, no, of no, fake is. programmers, of course. Fake programmers, yeah. Both ways through the snow, yeah. But you do know that I'm a fake root. Oh, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Um, Which is very useful if you want to... What do you use a fake root for? It was like a thousand years ago I used one. No, I have no idea.
1: Quitters don't use Vim. That's what we have as a slogan.
0: Yeah. I can bring, bring some Emax friends of mine too. And we can have a battle. Uh, I'm feeling very violent today. Yeah, I, it's, my, yeah, it's, it's all my, warfare right now. Yeah, <laughs> all fight, fight, fight. War, war. never yeah. changes.
1: Well, it's it's a conversation about editors and editors yeah. never change. Indeed, I've changed editors a lot. Yeah, have you?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can. (laughs) Okay, it's editor mention time. I think I started out with notepad.exe on a Windows machine. Good stuff. Uh, It's not very good. Uh, And then I have used uh, the Borland Delphi editor and so on, the other IDEs from Borland for coding different stuff like that. They are IDEs, they are not very. Fun in an editor kind of way. I've also used my main driver when it comes to editors for a very long time was Notepad++. Yeah, I that's where I cut my teeth and coded way too much really bad PHP. And and then when I switched to Linux, I think I tried both Emacs and Vim because that's what you have to do. Or well, not really, but that's what I. All the guides were recommending try these editors. So you can join one of the leading editor phalanx groups and fight the bitter war. Um, so I think I tried Emacs first. And I don't. It's lots of pinky work when running Emacs. And Those commands didn't really work with me for some reason, and then I tried Vim, and it was using Vim in a way I was comfortable with was much easier than using Emacs in a way I was comfortable with. I didn't really use Vim in a Vimmy way, but uh, it was it was an editor, and I think I've switched. I think I've used Visual Studio Code sometimes but it wasn't too impressive quite fast editor good a good product but Mm. yeah
1: how about eclipse or any of the IntelliJ's or
0: oh i have used eclipse a couple of times at chalmers when we did java Uh, and because you can't code java without eclipse or a proper IDE, it's just too much boilerplate i think at least. Yeah. Uh, so, but I wasn't very impressed by Eclipse. Slow editor, not that many editor Belson was a slow environment. Yeah, so nah, not very fond of that one. But you have tried it. Yeah, I think I worked in Android Studio for several minutes also.
1: Yeah, so that's an IntelliJ one. Yeah. Have you done Xcode? No,
0: not at all. Is it good? Yeah.
1: No. Oh no. I guess it's not also not the worst. I mean, I, th- I think it's kind of fast if you're in it once like once you've started it. Uh and it is ve- very kind of native built, which is nice, but but yeah, yeah it's it's weird. <laughs> Super weird. I don't know if that's the case still, but for the longest time it had a big play button just like
0: iTunes. I like that.
1: But that was for running your app, yeah. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of conceptually like it, but it was weird. Well, my editor story—I think my first one was like Borland Turbo C++ or something. When when I read that book, that I failed to absorb. Well, I did some C++ with it, but then Notepad, yes, .dot uh, exe. I also. I think, eventually switched from Notepad to Write. That is WordPad, essentially, where you had to be very careful to make sure to switch it to text-only mode.
0: Yeah, I'm not careful enough for that.
1: Yeah, the important part about uh, using Write was that you got Control s for saving instead of Alt-A or Alt-F, I guess, if you have a file menu, and then S... Yeah. yeah. Because they didn't implement Control S for saving in Notepad.exe until Windows XP. Wow. Yep, I remember. Yeah. But I switched from Notepad probably. I probably played around with Notepad++, probably tried a few others in Windows. I don't recall quite. But then I went to Linux. And at that point, I think I still did Nano or Pico, depending, um, for terminal stuff. Uh, I learned how to do Vim, like do basic Vim, uh, get in and get out uh, kind of stuff at that point, but didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I had a lot to learn about Linux. I was not going to spend it on that time with that editor. But installing Gnome gave me gedit, which is a pretty decent text editor.
0: It has syntax highlighting, right?
1: Yeah. So both gedit and Kate, and like a bunch of KDE derived ones, both of them base themselves off of libraries that give them syntax highlighting and that gives them the same syntax highlighting. Not necessarily across GNOME and KDE, but within uh, GNOME within KDE. Yeah. So I used that a fair bit. And at some point, I tried. I think this was kind of running the Bureau days. Not Elixir. Eclipse with the uh, PHP plugins.
0: Was it good? Uh,
1: I think it was all right, but it was slow and annoying, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, that's Eclipse in a nutshell.
1: And NetBeans, I think I've done the same with. NetBeans with PHP.
0: Oh, was that good?
1: I think it was better than Eclipse. I think it was a lot better than Eclipse. Oh, nice. Then I think I ended up going to Sublime Text fairly uh, directly after that. That was like, uh, all of those were kind of on my Mac generally after I got a Mac. Uh, But during this time, I switched in and out of Vim since my Linux days because Vim, I've kept going back to Vim off and on because they always do Vim on servers. And if you've done any... (laughs) Any professional PHP developer will know that real code is done on the server.
0: Yeah, while people are using it.
1: Yes, yes, God, yes. That's that's how you debug.
0: Yeah, and you need to be incredibly careful with when you save and not. Bah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs>
1: yeah, but then I did. I did poke around Adam when that arrived.
0: How did you find Atom, especially compared to Sublime?
1: Slow, but but it had, uh, it had this live collaboration stuff.
0: Oh, it did? Yes. Nice.
1: Uh, after a while. And then VS Code came out and was like, ooh, this is so much faster.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best Electron apps out there.
1: Yeah. So I mostly use VS Code right now. I considered installing Z for doing Rust because I'm about to do some Rust. Very nice. Uh, but I ended up going with uh, VS Code to not complicate things. Yeah, but I've also not introduced any Rust tooling into VS Code. It's just like text editor plus uh, terminal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but generally I try not to sort of configure my editors too much. I have some config for Vim, and that's pretty easy to con- contain and constrain. It's uh, you can keep that in a VMRC and you just have to remember how to install the package manager
0: yeah that's the hardest part strap yeah i have to admit that i used gedit a bit first year at chalmers in the introduction to functional programming we did the first i think we did the labs in gedit so uh, yeah nice editor nothing strange there
1: i mean it's it's like a nicer notepad plus plus in my book yeah. It's like Notepad the way I want it to work. <laughs> so honestly, I should probably be in gedit all the time. Absolutely. I still pull it up for notes every now and then.
0: Yeah, I haven't have a don't know which editor it is, but I, I have an editor at work that edits the file sumnotes.txt that's been with me since I started at that place.
1: <laughs> it's a load-bearing notes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crucial for the operation of the company by now. <laughs>
1: Is it backed up?
0: Absolutely not. Uh, Under no circumstances.
1: It's com- full of company secrets. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Do you have a good text editor on your phone?
0: Nope.
1: Do you ever edit text on your phone?
0: Uh, no, I have... When I'm needed to write something down in a non-specific place, I usually start an SMS to zero 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 and write it there, or write it in a Telegram group where only I am. Or
1: there is a feature where you can just uh, do saved send to saved messages
0: in Telegram. Ooh, I should try that one. I also have a tendency to email myself.
1: Yeah, I do a bunch of those. So. Something I find kind of disappointing is that there's not a kind of easy way of working with code on mobile devices.
0: Well yeah I think the first thing they need to take care of is a good keyboard physical with buttons.
1: Yeah that, so that's kind of one way but I wonder if there would be a case where you have editors that are language aware and it's like oh in this context you can either start a module definition or you can do this or you can do that pick one <laughs> okay i pick module definition okay you're gonna need a name Type type typeity typeity, type-ity. Um, yeah and uh, okay end of module definition next step what do you want to add kind of and the same kind of deal when navigating through blocks of code but yeah it's something i've been mulling over like how how would you do an ergonomic editor in that way. Because I occasionally SSH into a server and edit a file or something. And Vim is not its not the worst, but it's not the best on mobile.
0: No, it's not really made for that. So yeah, I can see why. I wonder if there's a scratch editor for mobile phones. There could be one. Yeah, might be. And that's a block-based language. So they might have, have found some things out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are there any editors you think you should be trying? No. <laughs>
0: More Vim. Yes. I, I, I put my brain power in other places. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm really fond of them. It does what I need it to do. Sometimes I use VS Code with because pairing over distance is quite good in that.
1: I'm really surprised no one has ported or. S- sort of tackled collaborative editing in vim or cross well, i'm sure someone has honestly but
0: there's a very interesting hack to do that but you need some some equipment you need a server or a shell machine where everyone has access to the same user and then someone can start a screen session new screen all right yeah and the other person can join it by do typing screen there capital x and then the some code and then both have access to the same screen yeah. that's very good but it's not a polished experience yeah, it's aggressively collaborative <laughs> yeah you can type twice as fast if you type every sick other letter or yeah you know so more programming goes to 9000
1: yeah but I feel like there should be someone who's like, "Oh, let's put some CRDTs on top of the like NeoVim has so much API, you you can absolutely solve this, I'm sure." Yeah, and then you of course need to coordinate in some way, maybe a service or something that you'd set up. I think I've been in touch with people that have that offer a service that does this, so proprietary stuff, but not all that interested in that. But Live Share. Uh, like the VS Code one, that's also proprietary. Yeah. Neither the service nor the local extension are open source.
0: Oh well. I wonder how horrible it would be to bundle a Beam in a Vim plugin.
1: Uh, not too bad. What What would you want it for? Like Elixir LS kind of kind of does that. No, it uses whatever Beam you are providing with uh, your Elixir installed, honestly.
0: Yeah, and you can provide a good one no because it's it's very nice to write that kind of uh, code in erlang or elixir or something else that runs on the beam so just to have a peer network of beams uh, running and letting me cooperatively edit code with my friends would there's something beautiful about that
1: yeah yeah it's it's interesting i'm not sure i would use uh like connecting beams to each other, because that usually means clustering with our line distribution. Uh, and that's uh, remote code execution as a service. Yeah, which is mostly fine when you're doing collaborative coding because coding is also uh, code execution as a service. but
0: yes, it's exciting and fun and incredibly unsafe.